day to you. Welcome, it's y'all. Talk with a southern accent with your host, John Rawl, here as we get a new week of all things southern going. The show that's all about the South. This is y'all. Our website, y'all.com. Our number, 803-816-1170. Twitter, Instagram, at y'all show. You also can find us on a couple of apps. We're on the iHeartRadio app, also on the TuneIn Radio app, and Apple iTunes Podcast, the purple icon on your iPhone or on your iPad. We encourage you to go to any of those apps, search for Y'all Show, and hit subscribe. It's a free subscription. And each and every day when the Y'all Show is in the can, it will come automatically to your smartphone and or iPad. What a cool way to keep up with all things Southern Here on the Y'all Show, we have an exciting week planned out for you from ACC Talk to SEC Talk on the sports side of things. We've got music talk. We've got barbecuing to talk on Tuesday with Matt Hermans and so much more. In fact, we got, speaking of golf, uh, speaking of sports, golf on Friday, we're going to be previewing this weekend's PGA Championship. Our friend Jason Nall, the executive director of the Southern States Junior Classics, will be back on with our Southern Golf Report and reporting on the tournament going on, the second major of the year. That's coming up Friday. We'll have more info on that tournament leading into Friday's report from Jason. But a lot of good stuff here on y'all this week, and we appreciate y'all taking some time to join us here on the All Southern Program. Coming up today on y'all in Hour 2, we'll look back at the weekend in sports, some big news on the college baseball front, some transactions on the Major League Baseball front as well to tell you about, including one player for the Atlanta Braves. It's uh, sitting on the pine for a few days We've got the information about that here as we start off Hour 2 today in our sports recap of the weekend, plus the latest with the NBA playoffs. We now know who the four teams that will be playing in the conference championships are going to be, and we'll let you know at the start of Hour 2. Also in Hour 2, Jerry Short will be on. Oh, it's a special time of year for so many of you or your children. It's graduation time. Congrats to our class of 2019. And with that comes some controversy in some places. Some graduation ceremonies are getting out of hand these days. And we're going to talk to Jerry about that, see what he has to say. As he's got his tales from Takapola coming up, we'll talk about graduations. Plus, we'll discuss with Jerry something that happened to me the other day that brought back a great memory from my childhood that only Jerry would know since he worked for decades out in the woods. We'll have to ask him about that. So all that coming up in the second hour of today's y'all show coming up later this hour we've got the y'all street business report coming up hey have you wanted to know how much the general manager at your local walmart makes a year well we actually have a pretty good guesstimate that we'll tell you about as we get to that spot later this hour in our y'all street business report plus we have the listing of the poorest towns in each state that information just got released the other day and we'll let you know what state in your state what city or community is the poorest in the state of the south that you live in all that coming up later this hour we've also have hashtag hullabaloo in the next segment and we started out this segment of the y'all show with a couple of stories in our news headlines from across the south we got a pair of stories coming from the commonwealth of kentucky over the weekend christian r martin was arrested at the louisville airport and he is a pilot for an american airline subsidiary and he was arrested in the 2015 shooting deaths of three people in kentucky The state attorney general announced this over the weekend. The deaths of Calvin and Pamela Phillips of Pembroke and their neighbor, Edward DeSanro, Attorney General Andy Bashir, announced the arrest of Martin, 
for their deaths again back in 2015 and this guy was a pilot again with an american airlines subsidiary and he's now been charged with killing three people in kentucky in 2015 he moved from christian county kentucky after the slayings and was living in north carolina at the time of the indictment and was arrested in louisville at the airport over the weekend now another story coming in from the commonwealth of kentucky to tell you about an islamic leader and two others in kentucky have been arrested and charged in a murder for hire plot the islamic center of lexington leader mohab shalish john sadakia and abdul hadi are charged in federal court with the use of interstate facilities and commission for murder for hire and conspiracy attorneys for the three men did not respond to emails requesting comment on sunday affidavits obtained from police last week and federal court give the following account of events an informant posing as a hitman first met with shalish in march at a lexington kentucky motel shalish told the informant that a person referred to as victim number one in the court filings owed him eighty thousand dollars and shalish wanted his money back when the informant asked if Shalash wanted victim number one's legs broken, Shalash at first said no, but later agreed. In a subsequent meeting, Shalash told the informant, do whatever you have to do to get my money back. And it kind of goes down from there. But these men in Kentucky arrested and charged in a murder for hire plot in the Commonwealth. A terrible story coming from Virginia over the weekend as an explosion in a gas station there has killed three in Buena Vista, Virginia, and the remains of those killed, uh, just, a, just a terrible thing. They've been discovered, luckily, the remains there. Virginia State Police said over the weekend that the number of people who died in the explosion on Friday had increased from two as the investigation continued and previously four people were injured in that explosion at the south river market which is a couple of miles north of buena vista in virginia virginia state police spokesperson rich garlett says the remains of the day were taken to a medical examiner for identification which may take several days the fire is being treated as a criminal matter since the cause is unknown and will remain that way until criminal activity is ruled out but again three people dying in this explosion at a gas station outside of Buena Vista, Virginia. And as dangerous as gas pumps can be, and I know people still smoke sometimes a little too close to gas situation. I'm not saying that happened here, but it's amazing we don't see more deaths and explosions and more carnage when it comes to gas stations. We've got gas stations on about every corner, it seems, and that's not a bad thing. We like we like our gas stations, but boy, we uh, just a, a bad scene there in Virginia from the weekend. Another bad scene, this in Abington in the southwestern corner of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Authorities there say a Massachusetts man has been arrested in an attack on the Appalachian Trail that left one person dead and another severely injured. And this happened over the weekend. 30-year-old James L. Jordan of West Yarmouth, Massachusetts, was arrested and charged with murder and assault. The Wythe County Sheriff's Office said in a statement that two hikers reported a man with a machete attacking people, and the federal lease doesn't identify the weapon but describes the attack as a deadly stabbing. Authorities say the federal charges against Jordan will be filed officially on Monday of today, and Jordan will have his first appearance in the U.S. District Court in having Again, this is federal property having it happened there on the Appalachian Trail and these people injured one being killed by this machete wielding murderer there on the Appalachian Trail in Abington, Virginia. 
Our heartfelt condolences go out to the Savannah, Georgia Police Department after an officer there has died after being injured while responding to a call. The Savannah Police Department released a statement Sunday that officers were following up on a previous robbery call a little after 8 p.m. Saturday night, and as they approached a vehicle that matched the description they'd been given, gunshots were fired, two officers and a suspect were injured and taken to a hospital. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation said in a tweet that the suspect also died. Savannah police said the second officer was treated and released, but again, an officer dying after injuries while in pursuit in Savannah, Georgia this weekend. Names not released at this time, but our thoughts to the Savannah, Georgia Police Department, which I think they just lost another officer about a month ago in a similar type deal. I think it was not maybe... I think they were murdered, actually. I'm, I'm going back in the files here, but they were murdered or something crazy like that. Go, go look it up. I, I hate to hear any law enforcement being injured or killed, and, and that's the case from Savannah, Georgia on that one. Now to Alabama, and a terrorist training camp has been found in that state. The Alabama's 3340 television station in Birmingham reported that land in Alabama had been linked to a terrorist training camp in New Mexico where malnourished children alleged they were trained to commit shootings and in an FBI search warrant, information emerged, according to the TV station. And the land was in Macon County, owned by Siraj Wahaj. And Wahaj lived on a compound in New Mexico last year with several adults and children. I think a lot of them were from Georgia. I remember the story from New Mexico when this happened. And they were training to commit mass shootings. Investigators found the remains of Wahaj's three-year-old son on the property, the Macon County, Alabama property sits a few miles from downtown Tuskegee, and a federal grand jury indicted five adults living in the New Mexico compound on terrorism, kidnapping, and firearm violations back in March. But there's a connection now to this area not far from Tuskegee, Alabama. Former First Lady Laura Bush, her mother Jenna Welch, passed away at the age of 99. She lived for much of her life in the Midland, Texas area. Her granddaughter, Jenna Bush Hager, sent out a tweet on Sunday morning, waking up thinking of my precious namesake, Jenna Welch, who passed away Friday. How lucky I was to be named after a woman who taught me how to slow down and appreciate every bird and every plant in West Texas. She read us poetry and taught us how about every constellation in the sky. Her kindness and graciousness were as expansive as the West Texas horizon. So happy she's reunited with her great love, our pa, after almost 25 years apart, thinking of my mama, too, who lost her little mama right before Mother's Day. Jenna Hawkins Welch died at the age of 99 on Friday. Again, she was the mother of Laura Bush, former first lady and George W. Bush's wife, and of course, the grandmother of not only Jenna Bush Hager, but also her sister Barbara. And the Bush family mourns the passing of the mother again of, of Laura Bush. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp recently signed into law the heartbeat law there in Georgia, which makes abortions even more difficult within the Peach State. And now it appears more southern states and a few Midwest states are advancing similar heartbeat abortion laws in their states. And if a Mississippi law survives a court challenge, the Magnolia State, it will be nearly impossible for any pregnant woman to get an abortion there. And same goes for Louisiana possibly Alabama. In fact, the Louisiana legislature is halfway toward passing a law 
like the ones already in Georgia and perhaps in Mississippi, that will ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected about six weeks into pregnancy and before many women know they're pregnant. Alabama is on the cusp of approving an even more restrictive bill. We saw the headlines from last week where there was some real uh, ruckus there in Montgomery in the halls of government last week in terms of this bill passing in Alabama. So we have these abortion ban heartbeat laws inching forward in most of our southern states. And all of this, of course, will probably work its way to the Supreme Court at some point about the legality of it all. Now, because of this, you're seeing more celebrities chime in about what's happened in the South, specifically when it comes to these heartbeat abortion bills. And a couple of names that I'm not all that familiar with are in the news. Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, who are shooting a series in Georgia, are donating proceeds to fighting this heartbeat abortion bill. They're part of the HBO series Lovecraft Country, which was it's shooting in Georgia and will continue shooting in the Peach State. But the money from these actors, executive producers as well, donating money from the production to two charities to fight it. And it's Lovecraft Country being executive produced by Jordan Peele, as well as J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot Productions. Underground co-creator and showrunner Misha Green will write and executive produce the series as it's being filmed in Georgia right now. Those names are out there right now. Also, Alyssa Milano, the actress who has been kind of a liberal firebrand here in recent years, she has proposed a sex strike. Hashtag sex strike. Look it up. (laughs) And, 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 And she's calling for people to stop having sex until these states... I guess, reverse these rules such as HB 481 in Georgia. I'm going to have to talk to Jerry Short about that an hour or two, what he thinks of the sex strike. But yeah, a lot of reaction across the country to the heartbeat abortion bill from Georgia and similar states gearing up for measures in their own states. Heavy rains in the South have left some trapped and others afloat. And in some cases, it's been a deadly last couple of days. Authorities in the Magnolia State rescued a man clinging to a tree and another man and his four-year-old child from a roof of a submerged pickup truck as rains caused flooding in Mississippi, also in Louisiana. We know last week in Austin, Texas, someone died from a flooding situation there. A flash flood warning extended for New Orleans and surrounding parishes on Sunday with strong storms and heavy rain moving throughout the area. Governor of Mississippi Phil Bryant tweeted on Sunday that he had signed a state of emergency declaration for all areas affected by the storms. And we know that was just a very bad situation, especially around the Gulf Coast areas of Mississippi and Louisiana stretching into Alabama. Hopefully this front will quickly get out of the south of it. It hasn't left already and we will be in the clear for a few days. So many places have had just rain, rain, rain. They've, they've had enough of the whole wet stuff for a while a follow-up to that awful killing from a few weeks ago outside of nashville in sumner county where a man michael cummins committed several acts of murder and we're finding out that one victim there was decapitated as authorities there in sumner county tennessee have found an eighth victim in this mass killing from the month of april as this eighth victim His head was found 25 yards from his body, and Michael Cummins charged 
affidavits say that eight victims died from blunt force head injuries, and two of those victims were Michael Cummins' own parents. The affidavit says Cummins fled into the woods the night of April 27th. He was shot and wounded by law enforcement officers after brandishing a hatchet and was arrested. But again, eight people killed back in April when this madman killed these people in Tennessee. A couple of Florida stories to wrap up our headlines today. Florida must provide Spanish language balance in 2020, according to a federal judge's ruling. And this judge ruled that 32 counties in the Sunshine State must provide balance in Spanish beginning next year, stating that a failure to do so would be a violation of the Voting Rights Act. The order was in the form of a preliminary injunction in a case brought by workers who were educated in Puerto Rico and are lacking proficiency in English. And the judge, Mark Walker, of the Northern District of Florida's Gainesville Division, wrote in a ruling on Friday, Compliance with this order is not optional. This court will not hesitate to use every tool the law provides to enforce this order. And again, 32 counties in Florida will have to be, will have to provide ballots in Spanish in the 2020 election. Another story coming from Florida, and this one is wacky. I know we have some great radio stations that carry the y'all show. I don't think we're going to get this far down in our marketing that we're going to pull a stunt like this, but a radio station in Florida has had another, quote, win a baby contest at Fort Myers 103.9 FM. They're giving away a round of in vitro fertilization for a couple struggling with infertility. The man behind the station's giveaway is host Jason Big Mama Jones. And he said that he and his wife came up with the idea after turning to IVF, saying that they know the struggles and they want to change someone's life. But helping out with, again, a win a baby contest offering this in vitro fertilization for a lucky listener at Fort Myers 103.9 FM. A little controversial, but perhaps doing some good at the same time. So no, no shame in that. And our last story from Florida. A man there says he would rather go to jail than to his wife as he gets caught driving on a sunroof. And 70-year-old Leonard Olson was arrested after being caught driving on a highway while sitting on top of that sunroof there in Hillsborough County in the Tampa area. And he was detained after the sheriff's officer recorded the man and reported him to the Florida Highway Patrol. The deputy told Olson that he was speeding at more than 100 miles per hour down the highway and later slowed to 40. The man then stood up and sat on his open sunroof while the car was still moving. After being stopped by troopers, Olson initially denied that he was traveling on a sunroof, saying he didn't know about that. Again, Leonard Olson is who we're talking about. But then the man told the authorities that he actually wanted to turn himself in, according to the news outlet there in Hillsborough County, citing law enforcement officials because he didn't want to go back home to his wife, who he says does not treat him well. And I don't think he will be going back real soon. He's facing charges of reckless driving, a misdemeanor, maybe not in jail quite as long as he would like. He's going to have his own jail when he goes back home to his loving wife. But nice try, Leonard Olson at 70 years old in Florida. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we have some hashtag hullabaloo to get to. Plus, later this hour, we have the Y'all Street Business Report. You're going to enjoy hearing about how much Walmart managers make, plus the poorest community in each state. We have that info coming. Stay where you are. 
Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Bluestar in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Funds are deposited for delivery next business day at approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Have you longed for a simpler life? Imagine how simple life would be if you just had one bill every month. It's that kind of simplicity Avant can help you find with a debt consolidation loan. Pay off your bills and have just one fixed rate payment. It takes just minutes to apply online. And depending on approval, you could have your money sent the next business day from $2,000 to $35,000. And because Avant is accredited by the Better Business Bureau, life is not only simpler, but in hands you can trust. Simplify your life with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5151 when applying. Avant.com, code 5151. That's Avant.com, code 5151. Keeping it Southern right here on the Y'all Show. We're back, and it's time for Hashtag Hullabaloo on this Monday. And heading right into the fun with Sarah Williams at SarahKW19, who's fiercely patriotic, unapologetically Southern, and is a history English education major at Pensacola Christian College. All right. We like the sound of that, Sarah. And she writes on Twitter on Sunday, perfect sunday afternoon making homemade ice cream on the back porch hashtag family time hashtag southern and sure enough sarah williams has a photo attached to her tweet with a churn of delicious homemade ice cream being made and y'all i don't know how many of you had that privilege of growing up with some homemade ice cream being made occasionally not every day but boy during that especially the months of the summer june july august perhaps and you had someone in your family help make homemade ice cream maybe you perhaps made it yourself what an awesome thing and i'm sorry i wish someone would point me to the direction of a business even a real dairy that makes ice cream that's as good as homemade ice cream because i have yet to find it and if you know somebody i'm willing to give it a shot but 
That's the one thing that a factory-type creamery just can't produce, that old-fashioned churn ice cream made by you. And if you're old enough to remember as a real kid, uh, you had to help kind of keep that thing from from getting out of control. I think you'd sit on it. But remember how loud those ice cream churns are. And some of you probably still use them. And those are probably the best ones still going if you have the old school ice cream churn. They cut them on and they churn, churn, churn for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And you're sitting over there, hurry up and stop churning because when you know it stops churning, then that ice cream is ready to consume. But uh, you hear that loud sound. A lot of you put them in your sink in your kitchen because those things start leaking. You got to pour the ice. You got to pour that rock salt on there and there's nothing worse than you to have that nice bowl of homemade ice cream and you got one small little chunk of that rock salt in your ice cream and you're like oh god that ruins my whole ice cream but if you can get some good homemade ice cream boy that is that is a privilege of living in the south in the summertime now what is your favorite homemade ice cream that's a poll question we got right here on y'all all All you got to do is texas 803 816-1170, 803-816-1170, and just hit us up and text us with what is your favorite homemade ice cream, your your flavor that would be. Also, you can call that number. If you'd rather talk to us, we'll welcome your call, and you can just tell us what it is, 803-816-1170. I know what mine is, but I don't want to skew it here today. I don't want to skew y'all, not the show, but you the listeners with my favorite i'll have to reveal it after i get y'all's results in but uh god i'm just thinking of my favorite homemade ice cream right now and uh i'm just gonna have to move on to the next hashtag because i don't think i can stand it y'all i cannot take it anymore i give up i raise the white flag jessica northey's on twitter at j2sweet j-t-o-o-s-w-e-e-t and she works with digital design and marketing And she tweets about events, travel, and photography with a dash of inspiration. Well, I am looking forward to reading Jessica's tweet here from this week. She writes, she was busy on Sunday as well, just like Sarah was making ice cream around Pensacola Pensacola Christian College. Jessica was putting on Twitter, easy going Sunday, hashtag Southern Rock Music for your ears, hashtag Indie Music. And she gave a little link to a band that I had not heard of. Even Barber, perhaps it's pronounced Evan, Evan Barber and the Dead Gamblers. And she had a tweet with a link to the song Waiting from Evan Barber and the Dead Gamblers. Now, I don't know a lot about this Southern Rock act. I'm I'm very pleased to announce that there may be a band like Evan Barber and the Dead Gamblers promoting southern rock in today's world that's awesome we need more of that but here's what i can tell you about barber and the dead gamblers the wonderful song birmingham which so far is barber's best work and this is not my opinion this is something i lifted from some website and the dylan-esque perfume and whiskey are the highlights of an 11 song release that at last captures the essence of the gamblers live where they are their best the album which took most of a year to complete will be released on ecology records and this again is from the artist evan barber and the dead gamblers and they're an indie act and according to jessica northy on twitter they're promoting 
some good southern rock with their album that this album came out a few years ago so i don't even want to reference the album track or album name because they may have some other new material that you can find on amazon or in itunes just check them out evan barber e-v-a-n last name barber and the dead gamblers and according to jessica northy who claims to know a lot about digital design and marketing skills this is some darn good indie music and some good southern rock music perfect for your ears according to jessica appreciate you sharing that miss jessica dylan cassidy in the rhythm at dc the rhythm hey this is more southern rock music to let y'all know about this is a group dylan cassidy and the rhythm out of lubbock texas and they have a new record called dog ear available everywhere now including spotify and they put a tweet out this week that said amarillo get your butts to left woods tonight it's going to be unlike anything you've seen before at cole barnhill starts at 10 okay so they are all over texas it looks with their act dylan cassidy and the rhythm west texas based band maybe they get to the rest of the south we we hope so but hey if you're into southern rock it might be worth a listen they got a new record called dog ear and i like the name you can dog ear that on your newspaper or book you're reading right now and and on your dog ear right dylan cassidy and the rhythm could be a good good listen here as you get your week started all right black dog fridays on twitter at real underscore bdf band and here's what they have to say i think we're keeping the whole music thing going here y'all they put a tweet out it said rainy saturday guess we'll have to stay inside and play a game and they put hashtag rain hashtag southern hashtag rock band okay so this is a band that is bored over the weekend it rained in most of the south it was rather miserable but black dog friday they make music and they love to get out on the road from time to time they put a tweet out that had a picture and on the picture is this is another hashtag i didn't tell y'all about they said got them hashtag made you look what they did brings back a memory for me and probably most of you. They did the whole, I don't know what the game's called. It's where you do the okay sign and you hold it out from you and you get somebody to look at it. And if they look at it, you're like, gotcha. It's kind of stupid. In fact, it's very sophomoric. And I'm sure if you grew up in a very boring part of your life, you, you kind of did it as I did in the fifth and sixth grade years specifically (laughs) that's when it was big for me it's really dumb but it's funny okay now that caught my eye because of a tweet put out by clay travis over the weekend clay of course is a fox sports radio host in the morning time he's based out of nashville has done a lot of sports work he's a lawyer undergrad i think at american university but got his law degree at vanderbilt and he may have gone to georgetown one of those schools in dc is where he went he and I used to work together many years ago on a Tennessee Vols show. But Clay Travis, at Clay Travis on tweet, uh, Twitter, at his Outkick.com site, his show Outkick the Coverage is on Fox. And he got into a discussion about something that Kevin Durant, NBA star, put out the other day where he had an OK sign above his head, like as a three-pointer. Now, the reason this is brought up by Clay Travis is if you saw any of the news last week, a fan at the Chicago Stadium, a uh, Wrigley Stadium in Chicago, got banned because there's some way you do the little okay deal that can also be a white supremacist sign. 
And the Cubs have banned that fan for lifetime, I think. And so Clay Travis is kind of a wise guy. And when he saw Kevin Durant with the OK sign up for a three-pointer, he put, y'all, it's spreading. The white supremacists got to KD, too. That would be Kevin Durant. Hope he wasn't planning on hitting a Cubs game this offseason. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he Clay Travis, like I said, he he's all over media, and he's got that daily show on Fox Sports Radio. And I think he's wrote a book called Republicans Buy Sneakers, too which is a pretty funny book, but he he's a guy who actually helped Al Gore run for president in 2000, but he's kind of become a little conservative in his years. Not that he was a radical liberal back in 2000, but Clay Travis, he's weighing in on that. And I like the way he put the word y'all to start out his tweet over the weekend. And our last tweet comes from Crystal Schuler at C Schuler two, three, three. That's at C S H U L E R two, three, three. Born in hashtag NC Appalachia, below the Mason-Dixon, fluent in Southern English. Hashtag UNC Tar Heels, hashtag UT. Talk about a conflict there. But Crystal puts on Twitter this week, The Southern state's stance on abortion has forced liberal women in Hollywood on a hashtag sex strike. Yuns can thank us later. (laughs) Now, the reason this is funny and the reason I'm bringing it up Yes, if you heard about what Alyssa Milano has proposed out in California, a sex strike. If you don't know about it, look it up. I'm going to have to ask Jerry Short about this when he comes on in hour two. But Crystal's having fun about the sex strike because she says, you can thank us later. And she attached a not flattering photo of two of the more loudmouth liberals that you will find in today's world. I don't know why she couldn't find an ugly picture of Alyssa Milano because maybe there isn't one that exists. That's a very beautiful woman, Alyssa Milano, despite her politics. But the photos that Crystal put out there on Twitter are very unflattering photos of a Kathy Griffin and Barbara Streisand without any makeup on. Kathy Griffin, Barbara Streisand, not exactly sex symbols, either one of them, and without makeup. Ooh, rather dangerous, if you, uh, in my opinion. But you may you may think they're beautiful with or without makeup your choice but crystal Schuler, she's uh jabbing them there from the south here with their stance on this so-called sex strike what a crazy crazy world we live in and that is hashtag hullabaloo here on this monday hope y'all enjoyed that wide variety of music and sex strike talk and homemade ice cream talk again go tweet us right now 803-816-1170 and let us know your favorite type of homemade ice cream can't wait to see the results when we come back on y'all we'll have the y'all street business report we'll relay a story that just came out that supposedly has the figure of how much a manager at walmart actually makes this news comes from walmart from what i could gather so we'll let you know about that plus we have the listing of the poorest cities in each of our southern states is your town on that list we'll have the answer after this Want to shoot some hoops? 
In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you have a cute little reading nook for those rainy days when you want to curl up with a good book, but you don't even read, so you just sit in there during thunderstorms and scroll through memes on your phone and laugh in the darkness. (laughs) The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the dark, meme-filled corner you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high Baby, you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the bank Y'all talk with a southern accent And we want to hear your accent Text or call 803-816-1170 With a question or a comment Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. Make sure to like the Y'all.com Facebook page and bookmark the website, Y'all.com, which has bunches of great Southern reads. And get the on-demand editions at iTunes Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and the iHeartRadio apps. Now back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. And as we wrap up Hour 1 of today's Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent, we welcome you back in. And I know y'all got a Walmart near you, and you probably go in there and you see people of all types working in there, and a lot of them probably are greeting you at the door, and you're thinking, God, I wonder wonder how much they make. What I can tell you here, as we start off on our Y'all Street Business Report, according to the Wall Street Journal, Walmart has indicated that its hourly workers make an average of $25,000 a year, and we also know how much the local manager at each of the walmart store on average they take home you want to take a guess 
$175,000 a year is the average take-home pay for a Walmart store manager. This is coming after Walmart Inc. outlined average wages for its store workers and efforts to improve benefits in a social responsibility report, part of Walmart's long-running efforts to rebut criticism of its pay and bolster its competitive position in a tight labor market. Again, the store managers on average making almost 200000 a year, 175 while the full-time hourly workers on average making 25000 or $14.26 an hour, according to Walmart's own disclosure. So that the news coming from Arkansas's own Walmart. To the ATL we go, and according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we now know the top three highest-paid nursing specialties in Atlanta, making an average of $66,750 a year. Registered nurses in Atlanta are already making more than $20,000 more per year than the mean Georgia salary. But not all nurses are created equal, and salaries for some nurses in Atlanta can reach over $200,000 a year. So here are your, according to the information that I have from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and those three specialties are nurse anesthetists, also nurse midwives, and a nurse practitioner, the three nurse specialties there in the Atlanta area as well as the state of Georgia where you can make a lot of money if you have that kind of qualification and and years experience as well as the education to go along with it. All right. The other day in Columbia, South Carolina, the owner of the NFL franchise in Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, he drove down Interstate 77 to meet with state legislators of South Carolina in an effort to get that state to help his team relocate its practice field to the South Carolina side of the North Carolina-South Carolina border. And it appears that the Palmetto State is ready to offer $120 million in tax breaks to the Panthers to move their practice fields from out of the stadium next to Bank of America in downtown Charlotte, or uptown Charlotte, as they say there. And according to South Carolina's state Senate, they voted 27 to 15 at the end of last week to exempt the Panthers from paying state income taxes for players, coaches, and other employees for 15 years as long as the Panthers use the money to build their new complex near Rock Hill, South Carolina. And the team will continue to play its games 15 miles to the north in uptown Charlotte. So we will see if indeed... Charlotte uh, and the Charlotte-based Panthers moved their practice facility to South Carolina. It's expected that the Panthers will stop their preseason workouts in Spartanburg, South Carolina, home of Wofford College, where they've been going since their founding in 1995, and start their their training for the season at their headquarters, like most NFL teams do these days. Most teams, like the Falcons, do everything on site, and the Panthers probably leaning toward doing that as well and they want to try to keep south carolina in the mix by perhaps getting a sweetheart of a deal to move 15 miles south into the palmetto state and our final business story of the week it's kind of a sad thing to relate to you here on today's y'all show but 247wallstreet.com has reviewed the median annual household income of over 2600 cities in the country and they have come up with the list of the poorest town in every state and we're going to roll through the list here of our 16 southern states and let you know the the poorest town in your state in alabama it's selma with a median household income 
of 24,223. Arkansas, Helena, West Helena, right on the Mississippi River. In Florida, it's Belle Glade, which is a small town just south of Lake Okeechobee. Kind of surprising to see this one for the state of Georgia. The poorest community is Brunswick, right on the Atlantic coast. Median household income in Brunswick is 24417 Kentucky, it's Glasgow, which is right on the Tennessee border in western Kentucky. Louisiana's poorest community is Bastrop, which is north of Monroe, and the median household income there just north of 21000 a year. Maryland's poorest community is in the western portion of the state, Cumberland, the poorest community in Maryland. Vicksburg is Mississippi's poorest community with a median household income just south of 30000 a year. Fredericktown is Missouri's poorest community. Forest City is North Carolina's poorest community and has the state's highest poverty rate. Central Oklahoma's Wewoka is that state's poorest community. It may be just a few miles from the home of the national champions of football, but Central, which is near Clemson, South Carolina, is South Carolina's poorest community with a median household income of 26623 Camden in West Tennessee is the Volunteer State's poorest community. And just north of the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas is San Benito, and it is the Lone Star State's poorest community. And in the two Virginias, Bensley is the poorest community in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and Beckley, West Virginia, is the poorest town in that state. And that, according to 247wallstreet.com, your poorest communities in each of our 16 southern states. When we come back on y'all, we'll have hour two. We'll look back at the weekend in sports, plus the teller of tales via Takapola. Jerry Short will be on with all kinds of good stuff. That's all on y'all. Talk with a Southern accent. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Funds are deposited for delivery next business day at approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Have you longed for a simpler life? Imagine how simple life would be if you just had one bill every month. It's that kind of simplicity Avant can help you find with a debt consolidation loan. Pay off your bills and have just one fixed rate payment. It takes just minutes to apply online. And depending on approval, you could have your money sent the next business day. 
from $2,000 to $35,000. And because Avant is accredited by the Better Business Bureau, life is not only simpler, but in hands you can trust. Simplify your life with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5151 when applying. Avant.com, code 5151. That's Avant.com, code 5151. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in... I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. So good to have you back here as we start another hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And once again, it's the day after Mother's Day, and hope all of our moms out there had a wonderful Sunday And for most of you, it was probably a very beautiful day. You didn't have to cook. You got to sit back, relax, and have a lot of people shower you with praise and maybe in some cases gifts. At least maybe you got some cards in the mail. And we hope you had a very special Mother's Day. And all of our moms who've moved on, we appreciate what they did for us. And we look for the day that we'll be reunited once again. But our special moms and grandmoms out there, we love you. And we love the fact that you are listening to us here on today's Y'all Show. In just a few minutes, we'll have short stories as Jerry Short will be back with us. It's Tales from Takapola. And ain't no telling what Jerry's going to be talking about. So you're just going to have to stick around and see what the wise teller of tales has to talk about. That's coming up in just a few minutes here on Y'all. Our number 803-816-1170. And I don't know how many moms on Sunday, in addition to enjoying the day that honored them, tuned in NBA basketball. But we have the latest on that front, and we now know the teams that will be playing in the conference semifinals because on Sunday, 
you had an exciting day in the NBA. Game sevens for both the East and West Conference. And in the East semifinal game seven, the Toronto Raptors just were able to squeak past the Philadelphia 76ers and move on to the conference championship. Great job by the Raptors from above the border for moving on to I I'm not sure. Is this their first time in the conference semi conference championship? It could be. I'm not enough of an NBA historian. In the West, you had the Portland Trailblazers. They went on the road and they survived. They picked up the series against the Denver Nuggets with a 196 victory. And the Trailblazers from Portland moving on to the NBA conference championship series. And for the conference championships, you've got the Raptors. They'll go against the Milwaukee Bucks and the resurgent Bucks with the Greek freak there helping them out in Milwaukee. And then the Trailblazers, their reward for moving on to the conference finals, they get to play the Golden State Warriors. So at least you have some new blood here. It's been a long time since the Milwaukee Bucks have made it to the conference finals uh, and, and then maybe to the NBA finals after that. I'm not sure if they've ever been there. They probably have. I don't know. Again, I'm, I won't fancy myself as an NBA historian here, but congrats to the Blazers, the Raptors, the Warriors, and the Milwaukee Bucks for making it to the NBA's Final Four. Now, if you tune in a little baseball on Mother's Day, you might have noticed the Tampa Bay Raves down in St. Petersburg. They had a little power outage, and it caused a 43-minute delay there at Tropicana Field. The lights at the Dome Stadium went out after Austin Pruitt's first pitch it leading off the ninth inning, and both teams' television broadcast also lost power. The Rays, in a statement, said that a failure of the main switch into the building caused the outage, and the team apologized for that delay. Again, it was a rather lengthy, lengthy delay, 43 minutes there at this indoor Tropicana field in St. Petersburg. And a huge series with the Yankees. The Rays are actually leading the American League East over the Yankees. And they didn't need to have, on a national stage, the lights go off. The night that the lights went out in Florida. Well, that's what happened to the Rays. And I hope they can get them a new stadium pretty soon. I kind of I kind of like the Rays because I don't really have a love fest going with any American League team. And so I'm, I'm kind of pulling for them because they're at least in the South. But they need to get the power going both in their stadium and with their bats well one guy's bat who won't be going off very much this week is atlanta braves right-hander kevin galsman as he dropped his appeal of his five-game suspension for intentionally throwing at the miami marlins jose arena back on may 3rd now galsman as a pitcher doesn't bat that much but boy i got to give the braves credit i saw their pitcher in the sunday game against the d-backs he came within about an inch of hitting a two-run dinger early in that game. And I love it when pitchers bat. Tom Glavin of the Braves was a great batter. Greg Maddox was a great batter. And I love batters from all of the National League that get in the box and, and do halfway decent. They don't have to be leading the league and hitting. But this right-hander, Galsman, who played collegiately for the LSU Tigers, he is go- not going to appeal his five-game suspension for intentionally throwing at marlins jose arena a couple weeks ago in fact tuning in over the weekend i saw galsman not wearing his braves uniform kind of sit back taking it all in in phoenix 
with the series that the Braves had against the D-backs. And oh, by the way, the Braves were able to hang on in that game on Sunday and beat the D-backs in that series finale. Other scores from our Southern teams in Major League Baseball from Sunday. The Orioles got a rare win. They won 5-1 over the visiting Los Angeles Angels. After the lights came back on in Tampa, the Rays were blanked by the Yankees the rest of the way. They lost 7-1 to the Bronx Bombers. In the Battle of Texas, the Astros picked up the win on Sunday against the Rangers, 15-5. to You had the Kansas City Royals falling to the Phillies in an interleague matchup in KC, 6-1 Phils get the victory. The Cardinals lost at home to the Pittsburgh Pirates on Sunday, 10-6. to Also in the South, you had the Nationals going out to Los Angeles, losing to the Dodgers, 6-0. And that's a quick look at some of your Sunday baseball scores. Now to the sport of college basketball, and there may just be a little change on the court in 2019-2020 if the NCAA Men's Basketball Rules Committee pushes forward a proposal that's going to move the three-point line back to the international basketball distance, which is more than a foot further than its current line. Here we go again. I think this is all a plot by whoever stripes the basketball courts of the world to stay in business because it seems like the women do a change, the men do a change, the high school ranks do a change, and you have to go change those lines on every court all across basketball. The international line for three-pointers is 22 feet, one and a three-quarters inch, and the current three-point line in college basketball is 20 feet, nine inches, moved from when it was 19 feet, 9 inches prior to the 2008-2009 season, which I know as a guy who, believe it or not, has striped a few basketball courts in my life, even got paid for it, at 19 feet, 9 inches, that was the exact distance that is the top of the key. So if you go back to the 1980s and 90s, the three-point line for college went right through the top of the key on your basketball court, and it looked nice and neat then they pushed it back as we said to 22 feet or or 21 20 feet 9 inches they're trying to go more to the 22 feet now the proposal must be approved by the playing rules oversight panel on june 5th and if passed it would go into effect this coming season in division one and because of a potential financial impact the 2021 season for divisions two and three the big schools evidently have the money to fund the restriping of the basketball courts. And if they can't afford it, they can call me and I'll come out there and do it. The committee also looking at other proposals, some good college basketball news to pass along here on this Monday, resetting the shot clock to 20 seconds after offensive rebounds. That seems like a pretty good plan. Another proposal, players being assessed flagrant to technical fouls and ejections for using derogatory language about an opponent's race ethnicity religion gender sexual orientation or disability allowing coaches to call live ball timeouts in the last two minutes of the second half and overtime and conducting instant replay review for goaltending or basket interference calls in the final two minutes of the second half and overtime those are just proposals at this point put forward to the ncaa i will tell you going back to college basketball season in the closing weeks and month of it march madness I can't stand how quick they go to review. It's not good for the game. And I guess NBA is probably just as guilty. But boy, you talk about a momentum buster when they stop play. They go look at a play. And the national championship game was a perfect example. When the player for Texas Tech had that ball get 
knocked out of him in overtime, and you couldn't definitively say, in my opinion, that it went off his finger. They got they called that, but it took them minutes to look at, and it just killed the buzz. I mean, you're talking about the national championship game, and that Auburn Virginia game was was terrible too, from a replay standpoint and from an officiating standpoint. As Charles Barkley, Auburn alone would say, terrible. It was just terrible. All right. One other basketball-related story to pass along. Hey, how about this kid, Ray John Tucker? He's packing his bags, and he's going to go a long way from Little Rock, where he was a basketball player for the Trojans of the Little Rock University of Arkansas at Little Rock. He's going to get on Interstate 40 and travel about two hours east to Memphis, and he's going to be a Memphis Tiger as Rajon Tucker ranked number two in ESPN's graduate transfer rankings, he chose Penny Hardaway's Tigers after also visiting Kansas, Auburn, Iowa State, and West Virginia. He said the relationship built with Hardaway and assistant coach Tony Matluck was why he helped choose the U of M to be his next home. He's from Charlotte, North Carolina. He earned second-team All-Sun Belt honors last season after averaging 20.3 points a game and now going to be a Memphis Tiger, Rajon Tucker. And finally, how about some college baseball news to recap the weekend in college baseball? They only have this weekend of conference play left for just about every conference before they go off to their own conference tournaments the following week. So this is the final weekend coming up of regular season play before conference play starts next week. And for almost every conference this week, in this final week, they have Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. They don't play on that last day on Sunday for the most part. Okay? So with that in mind, here's what happened over the weekend in college baseball. Your number one and number two teams all had good weekends. UCLA, Stanford, Vanderbilt, they got a nice series win as Missouri came into Nashville and the Commodores won that series. Arkansas picked up a series win against the LSU Tigers, who came to Fayetteville for a series. How about the Dogs of Mississippi State? They blanked the Mississippi Land Sharks. They won all three games in Oxford. A great win on Sunday for MSU. I think they won 11-5 was the final score for Chris Lamonis' team. Louisville had a rough week. They lost a midweek game with Vanderbilt, and then they only won one of two games at UVA. And Dan McDonald's team, not the best weeks there. Georgia Tech got a series win against Duke over the weekend. The Georgia Bulldogs had a series against the Auburn Tigers, and they picked up the series 2-1 to one against the Plainsmen. East Carolina, they went all the way out to Wichita, and they took that series two games to one against the Shockers. The North Carolina Tar Heels went to Pitt for a series, and they lost that series to the worst team in the ACC. UNC fell to Pitt two games to one. Texas A&M won their series at Alabama. Oklahoma State pulled off the series win against the Oklahoma Sooners. NC State, they were able to win their series against the Clemson Tigers in Raleigh this weekend. The Miami Hurricanes went on the road to Wake Forest and won against the Deeks in the series there. The West Virginia Mountaineers won their series at Kansas State, and Florida State went out of conference to pick up wins against the Richmond Spiders over the weekend. And that is a recap of some of your top 25 college baseball programs, how they did over the weekend. When we come back on the Y'all Show, Jerry Short will be dropping by with tales from Takapola. You do not want to miss the fun that that's going to give you right here on Y'all. Talk with a Southern accent. Blue Star Medicated Ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. 
It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Funds are deposited for delivery next business day if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Have you longed for a simpler life? Imagine how simple life would be if you just had one bill every month. It's that kind of simplicity Avant can help you find with a debt consolidation loan. Pay off your bills and have just one fixed rate payment. It takes just minutes to apply online. And depending on approval... You could have your money sent the next business day from $2,000 to $35,000. And because Avant is accredited by the Better Business Bureau, life is not only simpler, but in hands you can trust. Simplify your life with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5151 when applying. Avant.com, code 5151. That's Avant.com, code 5151. Continuing on with more of the Y'all Show, the show that's all about the South. And as we get each week started here on Y'all in the second hour, we welcome in our friend from Takapola Way, Jerry Short. He's got tales from Takapola and plenty of good short stories for us. Jerry, happy day after Mother's Day 2019 to you. It works for me. And uh, it works for lots of good mothers. Yes. I don't know how we'd make without our good mothers. Uh, I know I probably wouldn't have survived this long. So, and my daughter, how you know, I cheer her on as she does the same thing, but twice as hard as I do. So, uh, happy, happy, happy Mother's Day, all mothers from Takapola to To Thailand. To you from (laughs) Takapola with love. And I will let the audience know if they don't know anything about Jerry. Jerry, kind of a sad thing for you. You actually lost both of your parents when you were in your 20s. Now, that doesn't happen very much. So you've had most of your adult life without either one of your parents. Yeah, and I'm an only child, which makes it yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. Yes, my mother died at 43 and in 69, and my daddy died at 53 and 69. So Not together, by uh, the way. Not together. And uh, one was uh, the last day of the year. And the other one was in August. My mother was in August. And uh, 
My daddy was a little uh, World War II vet from Greatest Generation, and my mother was the Greatest Generation to me. So, hmm. yeah. But I was an only child, and and I had uh, my mother was an only child. So, uh, and then I lost uh, her mother lived. My grandmother, the last one, she lived to be ninety-four or five, and she lived up to almost uh, two thousand. So. Hmm. By herself after she lost three daughters. Golly. And so it's been, you know, Mother's Day is uh, bittersweet sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm lucky to still have my mother, but of course, my dearly departed grandmothers, as we all have at least two grandmothers out there somewhere. Uh, we lost them many years ago, and uh, all of those out there listening, we, we know that yesterday was a, a special day in some way for you, I'm sure. Now, Jared, not only are we celebrating Mother's Day this time of year, it's also, if it hasn't already happened for you, perhaps coming up the next week or two weeks, a lot of people across the South are going and finding that special suit to put on because it's graduation time for the kids in high school. College graduations have already, for the most part, happened but right. it's a special time of year, and I know it evokes memories for you, sir. Well, yes, uh, I could tell some things that I can't tell. But uh, uh, on my graduation, uh, gosh, is that 64, 1964? Whoa, you graduated from high school? You, you know, it might have been a certificate they gave me to <laughs> make me feel good, but uh, – the principal, the superintendent made me feel good. He shook my hand and he said, you did make it, didn't you? <laughs> so he said it under his breath and kind of smiled, but I think he may have been serious. A little bit, uh, Back in 1964, uh, the high school graduation, was it a fairly organized and civilized event? You know, it really was. And that people would come, of course, in those days, you know, granddaddies and and grandparents and friends and people from the town would all wear suits and ties and and be real presentable, which I find that they're getting away from that today. And uh, it would be kind of reverent too that if people would you know respect everybody and wouldn't be any hollering out or when somebody was introduced, you wouldn't be hearing someone holler and. Uh, the person behind them, their name might not even be understood over the noise. So I think principals and teachers and and parents and, and other people are trying to keep it relevant or they got a real battle on their hands. And then uh, some of them are doing real good. I've talked to a friend of mine that's a principal in a school, and he tells me that they have to really talk to the students uh, before the graduation ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And remind them that, uh, you know, this is, uh, something that we're paying a lot of respect to and a lot of people have put a lot of work into for 12, 13, 14 years. And, uh, and if you interrupt that person's family is sitting there, may not even hear their child's name call. So they have made a policy where they will escort someone out of the, uh, auditorium. Uh, if something like that does happen and uh, I've even seen some stuff that uh, where they uh, threatened to find uh, um, I saw one in Florida that uh, believe they had a thousand and forty three dollars because that was the amount that uh, 
police could charge for uh, disturbance. And uh, they actually, uh, one ceremony, I believe it was in one of the schools in Florida also, and I noticed they had a, um, at, it was at the University of Florida, and the uh, and the president of the University of Florida, um, he had to apologize. You know, they let high schools have uh, their graduations and coliseums, a lot of colleges there. And uh, this six group of six students came out doing some kind of chant and dance, and they was in a row. And when they come out, they they had security in there, and the security escorted them out. And at the superintendent's request to move them out. And he had to come back and apologize later and uh, let them redo it to that last group because that was a tradition from uh, one of their tribes in Africa growing up did that. So they were paying honor to their ancestry. And so they had to apologize and let them come back in and the six of them do the same dance and the same routine and uh and, and go ahead with the graduation so you know it's, it's just a lot of different things from when i was a kid and then i know during your time you, you can probably tell me some things about uh what went on when you graduated but uh it was real everything was real civil and and honorable and uh everybody tried to Everybody tried to pay respect and and to the people and the kids and the children and the young adults that uh, had put in so much work and time and effort to get to that point. Right. So. Well, the one thing that kind of gripes me is it seems some schools, and I'm going to accuse your own family of this, Jerry, some okay. schools have graduation sometimes a week, sometimes two weeks before school even lets out. And I know I didn't have my high school graduation ceremony until the Sunday after we finished our last day on a Friday. Yeah. So we, we didn't get shortchanged at all. I went to a very large high school in South Carolina, Lexington High School, go Wildcats. And our graduation ceremony was off campus. We had it in downtown Columbia at what was the Carolina Coliseum, which was about a 11,000 seat arena. And the problem with that is it was so big, just like my high school, that Jerry, my high school graduation, for the most part, was very boring. It it uh, doesn't really stand out other than I remember it was on a Sunday. I had my grandparents come, the ones that were alive. And other than that, it was off on to the next chapter of my life. Now, I remember my college graduation a whole lot more. I don't know if you know this or not. Do you know who was the featured speaker and handed me my diploma when I graduated from the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina, on May fifteenth, nineteen ninety three? Do you know who my man was there speaking? What was the year? It was May fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. Was when I graduated. Uh, let's say, let's say, uh, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. It was Ronald Wilson Reagan came to charleston south carolina was my graduation speaker and he was roughly 82 years old back then and that man and this was before he was diagnosed with alzheimer's that man stood up for an hour and spoke to our entire class of 1993 from the citadel and then after his speech he continued to stand the entire time and helped hand each one of our diplomas our way and called us by her our name when i got my sheepskin from the citadel 
President Reagan said, congratulations, Jonathan. And uh, <laughs> that was pretty darn cool for him to stand yeah, up for that great. long after that. And it wasn't but a few months later that it came out that he had uh, Alzheimer's or dementia at the time. And it was one of his last public appearances in his post-presidency days. This was just after yeah. Bill Clinton was sworn in as president. But that was my graduation day back in 1993 from college and a day that I will cherish for the rest of my life. And hopefully all of our listeners had similar deals. And I don't know if the, the Gipper came to their graduation or not, but uh, luckily I did get through college at least. And I have those kind of graduations to balance high school and college but for a lot of people high school graduation is the biggest deal in their life other than getting married it's the first kind of presentation to the whole public of who they are and that's why a lot of places go out of their way to make sure it doesn't get out of control jerry one train stop up from where you grew up as a kid como mississippi is the town of senatobia and about four years ago that town was in the news for high school graduation disturbances (laughs) and a guy named alan blinder is a writer for the new york times and Alan, you know where he got his journalistic start? No, he's surely not the University of Mississippi. No, no, he he graduated from the University of Alabama. He okay. got a start as a youngster when he was still in high school working at Y'all Magazine, and we got oh, him obviously. we got him credentials to attend the G eight summit that was held at Sea Island, Georgia, back around two thousand five, two thousand six. And Alan Blinder went on to go to Alabama to college and has worked for the New York Times for a number of years as its Southeast reporter. I need to get him on the show sometime. But Alan penned an article from a few years ago that I found on nytimes.com that I wanted to share with you and our audience. Senatobia High School made threats to the people in the audience there when they had graduation ceremonies back in 2015 to not cause any problems during their graduation ceremonies and sure enough three people there were prosecuted after they defied the city superintendent of schools order to not cheer during the high school graduation now guess what jerry you want to take a while guess what ended up happening Want to take a while guess what I'm oh, sorry. what ended up happening in senatobia i would assume that they probably were so uh, ruled that probably a mistake had been made and they were probably uh, released from all charges that he yeah. brought. The defendants were to appear at the Tate County Justice Court, but a decision was made to drop the misdemeanor charges of disturbing the peace, which carried potential jail terms of up to six months and then fines of up to $500. So that was another school, just like the one in Florida, that you said they've tried to yeah. strengthen what's going on to keep these high school graduations from getting out of control. I know some places they have air horns, and it's just like a football game when it should be a very special time. Well, I've watched some of the local graduations from smaller towns that they let graduate at the University of Mississippi in the uh, auditorium in the, well, it's the old old gymnasium where they used to do it. And I saw this and uh, they would all uh, holler and scream. You would think you were at a basketball game. And I really, that's the first time I had noticed it by watching they would show uh, this particular uh, uh, TV station would show uh, different graduations from different towns in the area, and it would really turn me off. And it, and I know, as you said, while I go about uh, throwing a curve at my where my grandson graduated Friday night, graduated a little early. Uh, but we're an academy, a private school, and we're not even we're not even uh, the state of Mississippi. <laughs> it's, they don't even honor us as a school. Really? Uh, 
yeah, we have to be accredited by Southeastern of Atlanta. And so we don't do anything uh, that the public schools in Mississippi do. And all my grandkids have went to this academy from uh, four through, not fourth grade, but uh, say five. Oh, let's just say all of them have went K through 12. And I've had, uh, I've had, this is the second one I've had graduate, and I've got uh, four more to graduate. My son and daughter went uh, K through 12 at the same school, private school. And then I'm the last, I'm actually the last uh, member of my family to uh, attend a public school. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's different, and, you know, it's, it's a whole different world the way graduation is. Uh, that's one way we set our graduates. You have to, no matter what, who, who accredits you, you got to have so many days of school. And we have our days in, you know, so we're done. And uh, they're leaving, going to the Dominion Republic tomorrow to uh, for their senior trip. Why Dominion Republic don't, I can't tell you that. <laughs> just place every year. But uh, that's the reason that our timing is so much different because we don't time with like with the same thing as the state of Mississippi does because they wouldn't have credited us. Uh, years ago, we had a governor that tried to do academies in in Mississippi and, and he, uh, he made it where we couldn't be accredited if we didn't have shop or we were trying to just call ourselves, uh, preparatory schools for college. And, uh, if we didn't have shop and home ec and stuff, we, uh, we couldn't be accredited in Mississippi. So uh, that changed the whole situation up for us. Timing goes, John. Well, again, we're, we want to talk about high schools and the crazy things that people do in the South for this. Now, now I don't want to just pick on high school graduations. Other than my military school, there are also some foolish, crazy things that go on at the college level, too. And it's not just in the South. Jerry, I know... You've been dying to know what happens when the one and only Stanford University has its commencement each year. Do you know um, the tradition out there in California, what they do? Well, I can imagine a lot of things about California. And then here, Stanford's supposed to be one of the top academic private schools in the state of California. So, yeah. Um, well, on their way into Stanford Stadium and, and on graduation day there in California, and it may happen at other so-called intellectual schools, but most of the graduating class at Stanford come out into the stadium wearing some kind of costume. Oh, mercy. And they get ridiculous. I'm, I'm looking at some photos of some of the graduates at last year's ceremony. About six of them wore Rubik's Cube costumes. Some of them are very walking the line of ethics and yes. and more and at some point i don't think they wear them during the ceremony but that's what they wear out to their commencement is yeah. these crazy yeah. goofy costumes and that's at stanford so they're uh, they're a mirror of their city that they're from i guess so <laughs> So, so my uh, point is, we have some goofy things happen at high school graduations, at college graduations. So our point here is, just don't graduate. Just well, stay I, young I, is our point. We also have some uh, mighty goofy uh, speakers too, commencement speakers. 
Yeah. I know when my daughter graduated from the University of Mississippi, um, she was going to go back to graduate school, and I didn't prefer and didn't approve and didn't like the person they had chose to uh, be their graduation commencement speaker. So I told her just wait and walk the next year after graduate school, and that's what she did. Huh. And 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 I and honestly, that speaker wasn't much better. Really. But you know, she was breaking me as it was. So I figured I didn't want to wait till next year till she got a doctorate or something. <laughs> so, so she couldn't so, get she couldn't get Ronald Reagan lined up at her commencement. No, no, no that's just terrible. You, know, you mentioned Ronald Reagan because when he first ran for president, you've seen the pictures. I think I took of him. But I shook his hand at the show Fair in Philadelphia, Mississippi, of all places. Right. And that's when when he ran for president the first time. And he stayed there a long time and spoke, like you said. And that was that was 1980, and uh, or 79, whichever one it was, 80, I guess, wasn't it? And then he took assume office in 81. Yes. So uh, probably not. He kicked his campaign off down there. Well, it was probably 79 and, then. Yeah, and I was right there in front of him. You know, at the stage when he come down and. He reached out to shook my hand as he got in his limousine. Oh, he didn't yeah. say, hey, there's Jerry Short. Hey, how's everything in Takapola, Jerry? You know, I don't know why he didn't know me. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't knew me today. Yeah, he would have. We're talking but, with Jerry Short here on Tales from Takapola. We have got more to talk about. I'm going to kind of tap into Jerry's vast knowledge, not of commencements and graduations when we come back, but I had something flow through my body on Friday while I was out on a tee box and it brought back a good memory and it's something I know he knows all about and I'm going to ask him about it when the Y'all Show comes back. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you have a cute little reading nook for those rainy days when you want to curl up with a good book, but you don't even read, so you just sit in there during thunderstorms and scroll through memes on your phone and laugh in the darkness. (laughs) The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the dark, meme-filled corner you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh. 
That didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Ah, oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. Babe, I'm tired of you Ain't your honey but the way you do She goes, babe It's all over now All I want my babe to do Make five dollars and give me two She goes, babe We are back. It's the final segment of this y'all show, Talk with a Southern Accent. We've got the teller of tales from Takapola, Jerry Short, as we close things out. And we now turn from the commencement ceremonies that are going on this time of year to, well, Jerry, I've got to ask you about this. On Friday, I had a little free time. I went out to a driving range. I pulled out some golf clubs. It started to rain and it didn't rain too much. Just kind of a little, little bit of damp conditions. But the thing that I enjoyed that I had not experienced in quite some time, Jerry, when I was out there in that kind of damp conditions, I breathed in that smell that only comes, and you're the arborist here on the Y'all Show. There's a certain aroma that pine trees, I assume, give off. Right. And tell us what that is, and is this a time of year that you find that across Dixie? Yeah, because uh, pine trees are really starting to, this time of the year, especially with all the wet weather we've had, they're really starting to, what you're getting you're getting a lot of people would go to sneezing from it and i don't know if you did or not but uh the pine needles are starting to grow a little bit longer and then they're starting to have you know a little bit of uh oh uh, gosh is it would blow away pollen would be coming uh-huh. uh, i'm sure you've got a little pollen up your nose it caused a little tickle and then caused a little uh just it wasn't like a faint but it was kind of like a just a tickly frilly feeling that you had. No, it was. A, you have to really breathe deep to get that smell. Yeah. And when you first smell it, it's like e. And then as you as you continue to breathe, it's like oh, that, that actually smells kind of good. You did. It was a pollen that was coming off. Okay. And, and it was starting to blow. And uh, I'm glad it won a snuff ball. It I didn't see any different. yellow stuff. I thought there. Uh, I thought that pine trees had some kind of like sap this time you of probably year. Saw well, now sap, now, sap will drip, you know, but not that. If you were having rain, it, I doubt you had that. I doubt what you had was pollen. And uh, I would think you had pollen because it'll kind of do me, it kind of gives me a tingle. Okay. And especially if I'm in the woods and in a pine tree. Or, it's usually, I, I'm sure you probably, you may have been around a lot of lolly tree. I think it I sounds was. Like, sounds like a, it sounds like a short leaf live lolly. It had been beside uh, each other, and they kind of mix, and it gives it a little double dose. And uh, I bet you, that's it. Were you on the golf course? Well, I was on uh-huh. a, on driving range. I said I was on a tee box. I was on a practice range, and I didn't do practice. very good. So the the, the aroma of that pine tree was the best part of my golf game. Yeah, probably was. And at first, there I was scared to death that you'd been struck by lightning. <laughs> it sounded like you was in a lightning zone. No. No, luckily I didn't. Luckily that didn't happen, Jerry. My, my, my diagnosis is you got some pollen, 
in your nose and you took a big uh, and there it went down and it felt real good and it was kind of like uh spearmint or double mint gum maybe uh-huh you feel that feeling uh no i can't say it was that but it was it wasn't the point i'm bringing up for a lot of us who grew up around pine trees there's that aroma that often came after a rainstorm especially right. in the summertime and the late afternoon uh-huh. of summers and uh-huh. it's a, it, again it, it gives you that first initial smell of it that turns into like oh i kind of like that no it does it gets it gets good and the first <laughs> it's like a blog that you just don't what is that and then then it's good yeah you know? that's right i said experimental double mint gum it's kind it's kind of like that for me when i chew Double mint gum or spearmint gum. Uh, Not juicy fruit, though. It wasn't juicy fruit. Okay. I, I bet you. Juicy fruits are Taco Polo special. Uh, At first, you know, you got that double mint, spearmint gum feeling. My granddaddy always carried juicy fruit gum. And he always, that was like a big deal for him to give me and my cousin from Memphis. He'd give us some juicy fruit gum. And uh, so it's not juicy fruit gum. You didn't, it's a completely different type gum that you smell from the pine trees. And so you got, you got some spearmint or double mint, I believe. All right. Well, so congratulations on a cleaning you out and making you feel good. I thought, you know, since you're our, our resident arborist here and you've spent decades in the woods looking at timber yeah. through your life, I, I thought you were going to tell me, is this a special time of year for trees? Do they so-called <laughs> mate this well, time of yeah, year? I, they're, they are. They're really, they're growing strong now. I mean, the tree, this is the time of year the tree really grows and the sap's going up. And, you know, what you said a while ago about, uh, you know, it, uh, the sap and the sap is rising in the trees and it's right. It's or it should have already almost peaked out, but it'll come out of those leaves and those needles too as the pollen does. So you're getting a mixture of everything. And so it's really, that's probably what you got. You, you could have got one of either one or both. So, uh, okay. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's the main thing. Well, right? now that I know what pine trees may or may not be trying to do this time of year, it brings me to something I want to ask you about, Jerry. And if you're honoring this call from Alyssa Milano, do you know who that is? You're going to have to explain to me. You know, I'm a little bit slow. On some well, she's little. like an actress, but she's an ultra liberal yeah. activist as well. And mm-hmm. just last week, Alyssa Milano has called for a sex strike amid the restrictive abortion laws that have been enacted in Georgia. I think Alabama's about to pass one. So she's gone on to social media and has done the hashtag sex strike asking for women not to have sex. <laughs> well is that married women or it, it doesn't women? matter if you believe that these sex laws the uh, rather these abortion laws in georgia that just got signed into law and some other what the abortion activists would call restrictive laws if you don't yeah. like that they want you to respond by having a sex strike i think that's on the line in mississippi for is that the abortion law yeah a lot of these states we talked about it in our first hour today that a lot of southern states are getting on board with yeah. a whole lot more restrictive laws in terms of abortion. And now Hollywood is reacting. In fact, I know some production companies have already said they're not going to work in Georgia as a result of this. And now Alyssa Milano doing something I've never heard of, asking for a boycott of sex. Well, I heard that about the production companies that uh, had been using Georgia and Louisiana because tax breaks 
so frequent that they were thinking about pulling out. But I didn't know about her. And I'm wondering now what I can do to save Taco Polo. <laughs> you know, we can't we, – we, We've got to keep growing here. It almost we appears like Taco Bola's already had a sex strike for a couple hundred years, it sounds like. So maybe it's, if I can if I can fence it in and fence that out, maybe I can get Taco Polo back on top again. Uh, I think you like should, Jerry, I think you should make Taco Polo great again. That's where I was going, I was going to say. Kind of like um, uh, our president did. You know, he's making America great. We're going to make Taco Polo great again. And we're going to use the same print, and we're going to put a banner coming into town. Mm-hmm. So you've hit on something, and you may have saved the whole community of Taco Polo from extinction. Well, you can't have Taco Polo be great if you've got a sex strike. And Alyssa That's Milano, exactly. she wants that strike to be in effect. No sex of any kind, I think, is what she's pushing as long as they have these restrictive laws in Alabama and Mississippi's mm. trying to jump on board. Georgia's already enacted a heartbeat bill and more, and you're going to see just about every southern state try to outdo the other one. Boy, I hope she's not uh, letting them uh, bleed on down to the animals. Could, know, we, could be. Could. They're, all, they're, all, they're all against eating meat now, so probably would like to see the extinction of that. So Yeah. We got to watch out. We got to we got to be on our p's and q's, watching all watching all avenues that are coming in. Well, I can tell you, based on what limited knowledge I know about the movie industry, if they're not going to film in Georgia, they're probably not going to film anywhere in the South. Which means, guess what? They're going to film in Canada, and that's a darn shame. There's so many TV shows that are filmed in Canada now; it's ridiculous. We ought to Trump ought to do something about that. Well, it's on his list. I hope. I think it is. And you know. He's got all the things that you and I are thinking about on his list. And it's not just an economic thing, Jerry. Every time I see a movie filmed in Canada, I can see it. I can pick it out. I can say that's not that's not in America. And they try to they try to make it look like like Hallmark Channel is the worst. I had to even admit today that I've seen Hallmark movies, but that's all they pretty much do is film in Canada, and a lot of shows are filmed up north across the border. You can tell, like you said, you know, you can tell. You know, even uh, Rambo was filmed in Hope, British Columbia. Is that right? And they called it Hope, Washington. Wow. But I've been to the town in British Columbia above Vancouver. And uh, it, it's you can tell by looking at it, it's nothing in the state of Washington. It looks like that, if you think about it. Yeah. And they call it Hope, Hope Washington. And if back in the old days, in the 50s, you'd see the Kim trails in the air in the western. You know, they did they didn't bleed those out. But because they were made in America, usually right. usually on some lot. But sometimes they go over to Arizona and film. Well, they filmed a lot in Kanab, uh, Utah. And, you know, like Stagecoach, John Wayne's first movie was filmed there. And they used to film a heck of a lot of movies in Mississippi. But uh, <clears throat> I don't find they doing that now. Yeah, I think they went to Georgia. Well, if they had that sex strike in Mississippi, I don't know what we're going to do. Jerry, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your not having any kind of strike and appearing here on the Y'all Show once again. No strike here, John. I promise you. All right, Jerry. Short, everybody. And we're not filming. We're not. Uh, we're not having the show from Canada next week. No, okay? we're, no, we're not. A. Eh? All right. Well, that will conclude, Jerry, and our Monday, y'all. When we come back on the Tuesday, y'all, we'll have a look at politics. 
Plus, we'll look at the Texas Longhorns. They've wrapped up spring football, and we'll get a report on the Big 12 program from our sister show, Longhorn Blitz. That'll be in the second hour, as well as other things going on in the sports land yap of the Y'all Show. And then we'll have the Barbecue Barrister. Matt Herman's joining us for a delicious report on all things barbecue. That's on the Tuesday Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Until that time, y'all have a great rest of your day, and thanks for listening to Y'all all about the south that's what we do here each and every monday through friday this is a cow a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair but cheese only lasts so long the impression a small business makes needs to last much longer that's why vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at 9.99 choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own the choice is yours the time is now get 500 business cards starting at 9.99 with promo code 1717 that's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com vistaprint own the now